Yo, welcome to Swamp Grits, serving up your recommended dose of queer Southern nutrition. I'm Saeed Mack, here with my co-host, Rachel Speck. Hey, everyone. Today's show will be both confusing and unremarkable to most of you, but for those of you who've seen the delightfully questionable 1980s film titled Urban Cowboy, featuring John Travolta and Debbie Winger, you're in for a real treat. Now, some of you may ask, why choose to do a super caucastic film sodden with misogyny for our first episode? And to that, my answer is, Rachel, you want to answer that? For some reason, this movie slapped with the both of us. And in just a moment, you guys are going to hear why. So settle in and welcome to Swamp Grits. What is this movie about? Like, if you had to answer that question. It is. Okay, first and foremost, it's a romance. And this movie is about John Travolta playing a small town Texas boy moving to a big city in Texas. He comes to a big city to live with his uncle and he wants to, like, make it. He wants to find a job. Um, He wants a woman. Um, he wants to live this whole machismo lifestyle. And and eventually, to do that, he wants to become a professional mechanical bull rider, right? So does he want to become a professional bull rider? There wasn't even a cash incentive till the end, you know? So it's actually just he just wanted to be on the bull. Okay, so I, I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> <laughs> because, all right, so I have an uncle. A great uncle who is a professional bull rider, right? And as a black man, he is pretty much singled out in that community. And that's just, let's call it what it is. But like John Travolta says, his whole thing going into it, like when him and Sissy are sitting with the matching shirts, he's like, oh, prisoners make the best rodeo riders because they're, you know, tough. They have nothing else to lose. And I think that that's kind of what he wanted to do. Just like my uncle, he wanted to display this like ultimate like toughness, you know, or or alpha male behavior. And I guess that's what I kind of assumed John Travolta wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Alpha male, right? Well, let's go into a deep dive. How about that? All right, deep dive. I would have to say the gay undertones, first of all. Gay undertones. I'm here for it. So I know there's there's plenty we can start with when it comes to Urban Cowboy about the homoeroticism of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't know that the director, filmmaker of Urban Cowboy was unambiguously gay. What? He, yes. What? He, James Bridges was the lifetime partner. And this was back in the 50s, 60s, 70s. He was the lifetime partner of of Jack Larson, who was the original Jimmy Olsen on The Adventures of Superman, like back in the 50s. So they were gay, like some of the first known like gay icons or gays in Hollywood. And like I said, this was back in the 50s. So, I mean, they lived together until I think James Bridges died, maybe in the 80s. I'm not sure. This is the director? Yes, James Bridges, the director, filmmaker. Uh, it's it, 
Yes. So with that in mind, so many things make sense about this. I did not know this and it makes so much sense. Yes. Even just the placement of the camera, Deborah Winger's so superfluous to the movie, just physically. Do you know what I mean? Like she is, the camera did not want to be on her. It wanted to be on John Travolta's chiseled face and Wes's abs and that's it. Right. Like, Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> that's, that's that's that was kind of like the first point I was going to make is how absolutely indulgent was that was that about the the male gaze on the male gaze. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yes, it was it was this makes a lot of sense. And you know, it I I love this too because I mean, I think we talk a lot you and I both love 80s movies it sounds like and I think there is sort of a lot to hate about them, let's just say. To, to kind of lay it all out here, I'm I'm fairly certain that this movie made me a lesbian. Like I don't, I can't pinpoint the moment I knew I was a lesbian, but this this movie, which featured a character named Wes Hightower, like just existing, being a badass and a terrible human, I I knew at the end I wanted to sleep with women. And mm. it was it was 1995, and I was six years old. <laughs> you know, I think I think that that's a really good point. Maybe upon review, I I also recognize that men were not where I was going to land. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And if these were, you know, the true the true men, then perhaps they were not for me. Well, my question too is. I know Texas isn't quite the South. It's like its own thing, but it's got the Southerness too. And also with like heterosexual masculinity, it just seems like there is sort of a flamboyancy to cowboys and to heterosexuality, weirdly, in the South. Yes. And like, it's sort of a fine line. It's something I think is really hard to explain in the North, right? Like how you can be effeminate and somehow nobody's like, it's really odd, right? I remember watching it for the first time thinking, huh, it's kind of assuming white people couldn't dance. But then I was like, <laughs> when I was younger, and I was like, oh, they can only dance if it's this kind of dance. They can only dance if their bodies stay completely straight, okay? <laughs> and rigid. But, you know, at some points, there was, there was some, like, significant grindage. I was, like, pretty, like, taken aback, you know? Like, a very liberal interpretation of what, I mean... I think, yes, pelvises were near pelvises. Were they grinding in any sort of desirable way? Honestly, actually, I remember there was that seminar on that dance floor, Deborah Winger and John Travolta, and they were like the first night and they like start making out. And all I could think was like how gross people, straight people at night in a club, how ugly that all is. <laughs> people watch this and feel very differently, but I was like overwhelmed by how grossed out I was by that makeout scene. I do want to, since we're we're on the topic of the male gaze on male gaze, I thought John Travolta with facial hair. I realize now that's maybe the only movie I've seen him with facial hair in the beginning. And it's only the beginning of the movie. I'm like, Wow, he's a really attractive man. I was overwhelmed by how attractive he was actually during this movie because I forgot. It's hard to remember because he's so almost like saturated in our lives. So let me just say too, 
I was introduced to this movie by my mother, which I now realize is incredibly inappropriate. Like I feel very, very strongly that this is not a movie to show, you know, an under middle school age child. And I can remember thinking how gross he looked with that beard as a child because children don't understand beards, right? Like they just don't. And now I'm an adult and I look at it and I was like, oh yeah, like that was a good look. It's weird looking back on what you thought was, you know, good looking when you're younger. Um, Yeah, I was overwhelmed by John Travolta's, he has a beautiful face, you know. He has a beautiful face. And with that facial hair, it was, it was like on level 10. It was, it was pretty good. And as a queer woman, I was very confident in saying that. All right, I get why women were obsessed with him during this time. And and they look at him back with such fond memories of his face. Yeah. It was it was good. And I think it's funny that you were introduced to this movie by your mother. So I was introduced to this movie by my grandmother who was really liked she was really, really liked cowboys and westerns. Like that she she kind of lived in that genre. We watched so many old spaghetti westerns together. Like it's Well, what was that about then? What was that for your grandmother? Why why that genre? I think it it reminded her of like a time that was reminiscent of her youth. I think I think she watched a lot of stuff that either she watched growing up or re- reminded her of growing up. And so that whole genre of like westerns, getaways like John Wayne and 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 all of these people, just kind of was that for her. And I mean, and then she was watching. She was just like an action buff. I would go even further and say she just watched a lot of action. And I, I don't know that. I kind of think my grandmother could have been a lesbian in another life as well. <laughs> and I also feel like maybe that's true of all grandmothers. <laughs> but no, it's a it's an interesting point that you bring up because it kind of. Uh, makes this transition from like the gay undertones of urban cowboy to the downright terrible messaging of that film, which I just want to reiterate, we love this movie. We just wanted to, we just want to discuss how much we should not love this movie. I think is, is the driving point. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we're now on the deep dive about really just like the toxic heterosexual bullshit of the movie, right? Is that where we're at right now? Really, I think what was so unwatchable this time was the like, get me a beer. Where's my dinner? You don't clean the house plot line that was truly throughout the whole movie. And (laughs) okay, it wasn't, and it wasn't reconciled until she what went and cleaned the house. And she said she liked it, right? Wasn't she like, I like it? <laughs> it was like, she wrote the letter. And I swear to God, I was going to send this to you as I watched it. And she wrote the letter to him. She was like, I didn't even mind it much. And then it re- she played the line. I didn't even mind it much. It was so bad. <laughs> And also, so I would also argue there's a couple different plots to the movie, right? And yes, a romance and yes, all those things that you said, but also Sissy wanting to ride the bull, not being allowed to, and then being allowed to again. I think that is the feminist 
plot line. And that's what I took from it as a young person, like a very young person, but actually it's not at all that. It's one of those movies where you can like see what you want to see. Going back and watching this, Bud, who is John Travolta, Bud, hits her once in a play fight, let's just say, hits her twice, right? And he, but he's, he's the hero, right? He's the protagonist of the story. And then Wes comes into the picture by that point, And we're like, yeah, let's just root for this dude. Cause he's like dark and sexy. And we're, I know we have a whole thing to talk about. Wes. This is, we're going to put that on the table. Cause I got yeah, Wes is his own category. Okay. So but- yeah, Wes is his whole category. But then when he beats the living shit out of her, we're like, oh, no, no, no. She needs to be with Bud. <laughs> exactly. There was a, a complete 180 suddenly. We're like, fuck that guy. Like suddenly, right? Yeah. And if this was supposed to be a love story, then like we need to check on our straight people, right? Because <laughs> this is scary. Yeah. Isn't it romantic? Isn't it romantic? See what I did there? I love it. Repeat. I really love that you brought that together there. Can I just, okay. So what was the lady again that Bud, you know, cheats with? Pam. I was very fixated on her this time. I was very fixated on Pam because for, I mean, to start, she was like the the quintessential fag hag in my opinion. Like they were friends. She was gorgeous. Yeah, let's just say it. Let's talk about what it was. She was the hottest person she was fine. She was why fine. was she there like next level hot and that's what bothered me i'm like wait a minute <laughs> uh cheekbones flames jet back straight hair like i was completely enamored by her the whole time mm-hmm. and i'm glad you brought it up that you were just as fixated on yeah, her. it was <laughs> it's, it's what it was as a kid i thought she was a harlot i'm just like too. i thought no. she was ugly i was like I mean, honestly, the hottest person in that movie, period, but also like kind of unreal. Yeah, perception, perception's everything. Mm-hmm. Because I, I swear to God, I thought she was like this ugly harlot. And then we're watching a movie as a grown ass woman. I'm like, oh no, she was, she was everything. Um, also because, you know, we're queer. I think that we have less reservations and try to be less judgmental about who anyone chooses to love. Exactly. That's what it is. That it's it's not necessarily a bad thing. I think it's actually a pretty good thing. Mm-hmm. And and honestly, I was all about Pam these days. <laughs> Pam Pam's everywhere. Um, another thing on the heterosexual problem of the movie, I really I, I want to circle back. So our, our main romantic leads, John Travolta and Deborah Winger, are at a bullfight and they are wearing matching Western shirts, like floral pattern. Very cool. And let me just tell you, as a queer person, I cannot wear the same shirt or outfit or anything similar to my partner without like constantly being calling, called out for being twins or whatever the fuck. The audacity of heterosexual people, Texas rodeo people to be wearing matching floral Western shirts. I mean, I think that was like upsetting. That was the moment where I was like, (laughs) that they could just wear that and just be so comfortable and be like, this is normal or this is cool. Um, Okay. I'll, I'll follow up with saying that. 
I really like the pattern of those shirts. Like I looked at that shirt. <laughs> like I, tried, I think I tried to look it up. Like like when the Amazon was like matching shirts from Urban Cowboy, you know. I mean, this is definitely the next level for you and I. Oh yeah, we're we're on our way. We've been flirting with way. this for a while. <laughs> it's. I, I I wonder what our partners will think. It was almost like a like a branding thing. Yeah. It seems yeah. in that environment, like she's mine. He said that at one point in the movie, she's mine. When he like, yeah, in the diner, he holds up her hand with the ring and said, she's mine. So that, I think that was kind of like the initial kind of little taste we get of that side of Bud. Okay. So why Wes? Why did this person speak to you? In my life, I've never been more influenced by, first of all, a a movie villain who was terrible than this man. Because, so friends of ours got married and instead of Rachel and I going with our significant others and like matching attire, we decided that (laughs) each other we're going to wear in a very Troy and Abed type scenario, we're going to correspond our outfits. And we, since it was on a ranch, I guess, we decided to wear Western wear. And I knew immediately when we made that decision, I wanted to go as a dark cowboy, but ba- and you knew, you knew, you were like West Hightower from Urban Cowboy. And I was like, that's exactly who I want to be. The moment I saw you, I knew who it was. We were dressing up, doing costumes, which I love, you know, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit of cosplay at this wedding, wanted to make it fun. And you were channeling West Hightower at this wedding. And I was like, Urban Cowboy West. And it was this moment where we were both like, what? Yes. And um, I, I couldn't think of anything more beautiful than that decision you made. My support for that was so extreme too, like, um, because I also felt very, very close to this character. And I know you did. It was just a pure like elation and a, a little bit of awe in your eyes when when you made the connection that made me feel better because I think about everyone standing around us being like, who the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. And we just, and just us like <laughs> merging in on our little like world. Our weird of, reference points, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is not for you. This is not for any of you. Only she gets it. <laughs> like, Wes was a bad person. I do not know the name of the actor. I can't either. And I meant to look it up too, or I did and I forgot it. You know who, you know who he is though? Do you ever see Personal Best? Yes. So he's remember he's yes. coaching that too. Yeah. He's the coach. And he's also um he's also the guy from Silence of the Lambs. He plays Jack the yeah, Jack FBI. Yes. Yeah. But we gotta get that queerness with that Jodie Foster shit, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But so yeah, he's he's showed up for the queers a few times, so we're already kind of on page with him. Describe for me. This character is introduced at Gillies, this like famous honky tonk. Take me through it. Take me through the scene. So we're in Gillies. The crowd is crazy. The mechanical bull. Everyone's like rearing to jump on. Fucking Wes Hightower comes in. Quiet in a black mesh short sleeve tight brunette. And I say mesh as in fishnet mesh. He's wearing fishnet. He's wearing fishnet. <laughs> He's wearing a fucking fishnet shirt. And even as a kid, I'm sitting there like, what the fuck? We all felt that. We all did. We 
all felt that. It was such a, a fucking like show of confidence that you walk into this like white hetero fucking minefield in the middle of Texas, this huge Texas honky tonk wearing a fucking fishnet shirt. I mean, a gay shirt is what it was. Like, right. It was like, it's, it's one of the gayest piece of clothing I've ever seen in my entire life. I think one of the side characters, Gator. He says something like vaguely homophobic, right? Doesn't he? Yeah. He's yeah. like, he's wearing his mom's like stockings or like cap or something yeah, like that. Yeah, he sort of comment. Yeah. And they're all laughing, but then like Wes jumps on the mechanical bull because he's not a mechanical bull rider. He's a real bull rider. You know, there's that difference. And he like has them crank it up to like level six. And he just like rides and everyone's like, God damn. And John Travolta is immediately wiped from their memories. And that's when he, we see that real like turning bud, right? But let's also talk about how gay... John Travolta watching him on the bull was was (laughs) so fucked up about that. He was so into it. I mean, literally no one else mattered to him, but Wes on that bull in that mesh shirt. To be fair, I didn't see Debbie Winger. I saw Wes on that mechanical bull. I was like, oh, well, if this ends with John Travolta with Wes, then I understand. I mean, I think it did in a lot of ways. (laughs) There was a lot of sizzle. There was a lot of sizzle in that eye contact. That's all you know? it was, was eye contact. <laughs> that whole scene was just abs, mesh, eye contact, you know. Sweat. Sweat. So much sweat. Lights. Sweat. It was a, a super homoerotic scene, and I was fair for it. Fair for it. You know? And I, I don't think until we, we decided to do this rewatch that I noticed how charge that scene was because of course we 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 know that black mesh shirt it 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 found its way and wormed its way and stuck in our memories for what 25 years but that eye contact that heavy gaze that heated heavy gaze was everything yes it was everything there was something about him being this unshakable unbreakable badass unapologetic and also very honest about how terrible he was like we we meet him because he is the star of a prison rodeo and he gets out we we see immediately there's like this quiet storminess about him like he doesn't speak for so long in the film whenever we see him right it's 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 a little hypnotic so what was it about Wes that you love? What what called to you about him? I think first of all, I have noticed I've always loved villains a little bit more than other people do. And I, again, I think that's a queer thing. I'm also a Slytherin, okay? So there's like a lot of sort of baggage there. Um, <laughs> no, I would just say um, I was just so interested in the way he acted. I think I wanted to be him, you know, I, you know, cause it's one of those things I think, you know, do you want to be with someone or do you want to be like them? And there was some sort of display of masculinity that he was doing that was something I wanted to do. And um, it had something to do with like being mysterious. So this is something I, I, I talk about a lot. You do. You do. Because I'm not mysterious. I'm very, very, very um, accessible. 
and I want people to feel comfortable, but mysterious people, they don't do that. They're like separate islands, you know, and they, and they, um, they move a certain way and they, what did you, what did you learn from urban cowboy? What I learned from urban cowboys, John Travolta is a, was pretty attractive with facial hair. It's still also okay to say that this is fucked up and like a not okay movie, you know? Oh, I recommend everyone watch it just to know what not to do as a human being. Like (laughs) if I can make all of my straight friends watch this, like, okay, don't live your life this way. Okay. I have another one for you. What is it? You eat the worms, you see visions. How impactful was that on you? To get the worm first by like inserting his tongue into the neck of the mascal bottle and sucking the worm until it fell into his mouth. Almost like he preferred it. And also he couldn't delay gratification, right? He had to have it right away. He had to have the worm immediately, right? What a a weird metaphorical thing to do with him. I remember the tongue action being impressive. (laughs) (laughs) And saying to myself, that that is what I want to do in life. I want to get the worm first, you know? Not all things we learn are moral or you know soul changing. Sometimes they're just what to wear to the mechanical bull contest, you know? Right? <laughs> Always the butt. The mesh shirt. Mesh shirt. shirt. And that I think is sometimes enough. But I think that I- I'm glad that we chose to revisit this movie for our first podcast, because dear listeners, this is exactly what you're going to get. Random nonsense, first and foremost. It will be queer near, queer adjacent, super nutritious. Thank you everyone for listening and see you next time.